I think if there's one thing that we learned from Kentucky's blue and white scrimmage is that we need to stop sleeping on a dude Thiero. We're going to talk about Thiero on today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl. Today's episode of Locked On Kentucky is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between Kentucky and Tennessee right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price that you'll love as well. Try it today. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we're going to be talking about Kentucky's blue and white scrimmage, more specifically about the point guard, Adu Thiero. We're also going to ask the question, who is Kentucky's breakout player this season for the basketball team? That is, I went around and asked you guys on several different social media sites, hey, who's Kentucky's bas- who Kentucky basketball player's breakout player is going to be this season? Got, a, got several varied responses to that. And then finally, we're going to continue our player preview series. We've already done Uganda Onyenzo, Damian Collins. We're going to move on to a guard later today. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. Blue and white scrimmage recap coming up for you guys here. 70 to 67 was the final in favor of the white team. I want to focus, however, on the point guard for the blue team. Just to kind of give you guys a quick recap of the game, though. I mean, both teams shot well The blue team did not shoot particularly well from three, a little under 29%, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Overall, the white team, the fact that they only had five players as opposed to the blue team seven, and they were still able to go out there and put a pretty decent scoring uh, outing up. Uh, Really impressive. C.J. Frederick, uh, really impressive. Seven of 11 from the floor, four of five from three. Now that he's healthy, I'm curious to see what he looks like in this offense for the Wildcats. Kentucky really needs a three-point shooter to step up outside of Reeves. Kellen Grady was kind of that guy outside of Ty Ty Washington last year. I'm curious to see what Frederick Healthy looks like for this team. Does he start? I don't know if he I don't know what that looks like at the two right now. Maybe I'm just out of the loop on that. I think Case and Wallace is probably going to get the nod there. That's just me. We'll have to see what happens though. But to look specifically at Adu Thiero, we were talking about this kid quite a bit whenever he committed to the Wildcats because there was a lot of pushback in the Kentucky fan sphere about Thiero, saying that this kid is a nobody, this kid's a low three-star, this kid is only committed to the Wildcats because Cal was doing somebody a favor, yada, 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 yada. And what most people were trying to say, including myself, was, hey, Let's give this kid a chance. He's got a lot of really, really nice attributes about his game. He's still growing. He's going to have time to learn and develop in this system. Let's give it a few years. Let's just see what happens. And already in year one as a freshman, when you watch this kid, he just plays so much more comfortable than what you would expect out of a freshman three-star player. He moved up to a four-star after Kentucky got him. But it was it was a commitment filled with questions. And I think that a lot of people came to the conclusion that this is a project piece in Thiero and that it would take time. 
I'm here to tell you today, I think we need to stop sleeping on him. 21 points in this blue and white scrimmage. Shot 50% from the floor. One of four from three, but we've seen him shoot better from three in the past. We saw him shoot well in the Bahamas. Four of seven from the free throw line. He had 21 points, 12 rebounds, six assists. He had three personal fouls and three turnovers. Played all 40 minutes of the scrimmage. Excellent, excellent, excellent numbers outside of the, uh, I would say, the the three-point shooting uh, you don't really like to see 25%. I'm sure if he got a couple more up, he probably could knock that up to 33 or somewhere around there. I think a lot of people would be happy with that. But this kid, again, I think the most important thing that we need to talk about here when talking about these kids developing and becoming better college players, we don't care about what they do in the NBA, better college players. You need them to start to feel more comfortable in what they can do before they start trying to expand their game. I think you see a lot nowadays with the college game because a lot of these kids have dreams and aspirations of making it to the second level. They start to try and expand their game. They try and become more versatile before they really get down what they truly are good at coming out of high school, and it really hampers their development. And sometimes kids can't take on that full workload. And it varies from position to position, but when you look at Thierry specifically, He's got the size at six foot six. He's got the athleticism and he's got the smoothness about his game. I think that's the most important thing. This kid looks comfortable as a freshman. And I'm I don't think let, let me let me let me be clear. I think that this is exciting for his role this year. I'm not saying that this kid is going to start for Kentucky. I don't think he's going to be playing 40 minutes a game. Certainly not for the Wildcats. No guard on this team is going to be doing that. Maybe outside of Severe Wheeler in certain situations, but that's for another conversation at another date. But Fierro this season is going to be asked to be to do very little, I think. And we've seen point guards in the past, backup point guards play relatively efficient in their role whenever they are only asked to do so much. And I think Fierro, when he does get his opportunities, and I believe that he will, whenever he does get his opportunities, I think he's going to take advantage of them, and I think he's going to play well. Just based off what, we, what we've what seen. Now, you can sit there and say, well, we saw him in the Bahamas against a bunch of teams that Kentucky dominated. And we've seen him in one scrimmage. We don't really truly know what this kid's going to be about. You saw several tough takes, I think, to the rim in this game. I thought I think you saw a really, really smooth outside shot. I know that he was one, one of four from three, but there were a couple of shots early where they were really deep twos, just a fluid game uh, about Adu Thierro. I'm excited about this kid. I think he is going to be really, really good for the Wildcats moving forward. And again, I'm not saying that he's going to be some world beater this season. I'm not saying that he's even going to be a breakout player because I don't know if he's necessarily going to get the minutes to do that. But moving forward, I think Kentucky's going to really look at this kid next season, and there's going to be a lot of tough decisions to make because Rob Dillingham's coming in, uh, Reed Shepard's coming in. By the way, Dillingham just looks insane right now. Uh, if you've seen some of his recent highlights, just an insane score, insane like it is, it is, it is wild to me how good that kid looks, and I'm thrilled to have him. But Adu Thierro is another kid where look, he can provide a little bit of consistency. He can provide a little, a uh, little stability. Off the bench, he's somebody that you're going to want to keep around. And to be honest with you, I, I think he's going to want to stay, and I really hope that he does moving forward. All right, before we get to the question of the week, who is Kentucky basketball's breakout player this season? I want to tell you guys about our friends at Nissan. We talked about every single week. Nissan brings us a thrilling moment this week's thrilling moment in college football. I think because Kentucky was, again, on their bye, 
I think that you have to turn to another team in the conference if we're going to stay regional. I know that this team just recently beat the Wildcats, but I am more preying on Texas A&M to, Texas A&M's downfall than anything uh, this season, and I think South Carolina returning the opening kick uh, against the Texas A&M Aggies this past week. You saw the crowd reaction. You saw the energy. Look, I know as Kentucky fans, we don't necessarily get hype over stuff like that because it's not our team, but you have to, in those moments, whenever you see special things like that happen for other teams, you have to take a step back and really appreciate what that environment does for that team and what that environment did for that game. williams Bryce Stadium was absolutely insane after that. Just a really, really fun moment, and Texas A&M, a lot of people were making a lot of, uh, up about them heading into this season. And look where they are now. I think that has to be the thrilling moment this week. Really appreciate Nissan partnering with us. It has to be that kickoff. If you've got any thoughts about what you thought was, was the most exciting moment in this week's college football uh, slate this past week's, let me know in the comments below. All right, continuing along here on the Monday edition of Locked on Kentucky, Lance Daw hanging out here with you. Quick note, if you've been wondering where I've been for the past couple of days, I have been under the weather sick, I am still sick, and I have not gotten out of my house in several days, not seen anybody, so you are my first interaction. What's up? If you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, we would really appreciate that. If you're listening on podcasts, please make sure to follow wherever you are listening and leave a review, preferably five stars, if you would do that for me. I'd really, really appreciate it. All right, Kentucky basketball's breakout player for the 2022-23 season. Uh, to really quickly give you a definition here, according to Google, a breakout player is a player that surprisingly plays surprisingly well and plays above expectations. That is what the baseline here for us is. We're going to ask the question, well, what are these guys going to have to do to play above expectations? So I went on Rupp Rafters, obviously the message board over there on Rivals. I went on YouTube, went on Twitter, asked you guys all the same question. Who's it going to be? Because there are several players on this roster I think that you could make a legitimate case for and say, well, this guy's going to be special or this guy's going to be really special because of these things. But I want to start here with the guy that received the most votes. And I would agree with this, but there's one other guy that only got one vote that I think we need to discuss a little bit more. Jacob Toppin received the most votes out of any player. You look at his career numbers, five and a half points per game, a little over three rebounds a game, an assist per game. He's shooting 47% from the field and 26% from three during his career last season, a little bit better than that. I believe he was shooting over 50% from the floor and shooting 40% from three. Of course, he only took like a, uh, a couple different threes last year and banked most of them in. I think Toppin has to be the front runner here for Kentucky's breakout player. And I'll get to why I think he's over a couple of uh, players in a second, but just looking at him specifically, his athleticism, obviously the big thing here. Compare, or excuse me, pair that with his expanded offensive game, specifically his outside shot, and I think you have a recipe for success right there. He's a starting front court player with Oscar Shibway this season, which I don't really think that a lot of people are focusing on. The question of how is Oscar Shibway going to be handled now that everybody knows what he is. Uh, and it, it kind of became more apparent as last season went on how teams were trying to handle him. They still really couldn't do it. But now that teams have gotten a full offseason to really kind of recalibrate and adjust, what are these coaches going to do? And what are they going to throw at Sheebway and the Kentucky offense to kind of slow him down? I think that I can't give necessarily a specific answer to, as to how teams are going to do that, but I can sit here and project 
I would say relatively comfortably that he is going to face a little bit more adversity than he did last season. I think in terms of how teams approach him defensively, I think it's going to be a little bit more strenuous the way that he is going to have to get his touches and how he's going to score. So I think having a player like Jacob Topp in the, in the front court alongside him is going to be beneficial for this Kentucky offense. That was very efficient at the rim last season, by the way. I think it's going to be beneficial because Shibwe is going to have an opportunity to get rid of the ball to a player that is receiving less focus because Shibwe is the, the reigning national player of the year. I mean, it's it's that simple. You've, you're going to have so much attention drawn on your best player that you're, it's going to open up things for a player that is going to be playing more minutes. He's going to be starting alongside you, and he is becoming more and more of a versatile weapon I think for the Wildcats, and, and that's that's the final thing here that I want to point out. He's going to get the most minutes. Jacob Toppin is at power forward over Damian Collins, and Collins was another guy that received he received the second most amount of, of votes in this, tied with one other player. We'll get to him later. Collins last year, three points a game, two rebounds a game, fifty seven percent from the field, eighty five point seven percent from the foul line. Really, really solid numbers shooting. I believe he took maybe one or two threes, missed him. I really, really am excited about what Collins can do for this team moving forward. But as of right now, I think Toppin's the guy that gets the most minutes. He's the senior. Seniority, I think, reigns over a, a lot of different things, especially when you've got two players that are just so similar in what they do. You love Damian Collins and his bounce. We got to see it in the Bahamas. He's a freakishly athletic player. Very, very talented kid. Uh, it's a shame that he's not gotten more opportunities to do what, uh, do what he does. And it's a shame that he didn't get to do that last year because Kentucky had so much depth in the front court with Toppin and Keon Brooks ahead of him. He's going to get a little bit more opportunity to shine this year, I think. But it's not going to be more than Jacob Toppin. He's not going to have more minutes than Toppin, barring injury. I think Toppin's going to be the guy that looks better overall. But Collins, very similar in his trajectory right now. He's learning how to handle the ball a little bit better. He's learning how to shoot uh, just a little bit better. Excited about what this kid could bring to the table. Also want to point out something defensively, I know I talk a lot about offensively what these kids do. Defensively, Damian Collins was pretty solid last season. Per 40 minutes, Collins was averaging four blocks a game. That's solid. What does he do with an expanded role? We'll have to wait and see. Adu Thierro had a few votes as well. We've already talked about Thierro. I'm excited about what this kid could do. Again, to go back to what we were saying about minutes per game, I don't necessarily know if this kid's going to get the opportunity to like break out and like exceed expectations well above what they are. He's not going to get the chance to do that because he's got players ahead of him that are going to be taking up that time. Almost, almost Only so much time that these kids get on the court. Kaysen Wallace was another player that we're not talking about enough, I think. This kid's got a really nice three-point shot as well. And defensively, he's a menace. I mean, that was one of the things that was talked about him with, with him coming out of high school. Just a really solid defensive player. There's one guy in particular, though, that didn't get a whole lot of love. In fact, he only got one vote, and that's Chris Livingston. And so I have a question about Kentucky and their rotation. So obviously you've got Severe Wheeler, you've got Antonio Reeves, right? You've got C.J. Frederick, you've got a Duthier, you've got those guys that can kind of be in your backcourt. Is Reeves going to start at the three or the two? If Reeves starts at the three and Wallace starts at the two, then we could see Chris Livingston come off the bench at the three. And I'm going to be honest with you, based on the way that Kentucky's guards are, are this season, I can see Livingston 
getting a decent amount of time, even if he doesn't start at that small forward spot. And this kid could shine. I mean, he's really solid. Everything that we've seen him do so far as a Wildcat during the Bahamas, during this scrimmage, it's been decent. It's been decent. Chris Livingston, 6 of 15 from the floor, had 15 points in the uh, in the blue and white scrimmage. I mean, I think we're going to get to see this kid kind of blossom into a re- into a really solid role, and I don't want to limit to him to just saying he's a role player, but I'm going to be honest. I just You know who the stars are on this team. You need guys like Chris Livingston out there to kind of carry things occasionally, just kind of be that guy that's a, a stable presence, similar to Thierra, except I think this kid's going to actually get an opportunity to do it this year. Chris Livingston, I don't think enough people are talking about, and he's somebody that I think people need to be more aware of as just a very versatile player defensively and offensively. We've gotten to see a lot out of him, and I'm really looking forward to what Kentucky does. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with their lineup because they've got Wallace, they've got Reeves, and they've got Livingston, and they've got Frederick. And Livingston's going to be relegated to the three or maybe even four if you want to get insane and run three different guards in your lineup, but that's not going to happen with with, uh, John Calipari. But yeah, Wallace, Frederick, and Reeves, it's an interesting case to see, you know, who among those guys starts and who rotates in and how often at what spots. And I think Wallace is probably going to get some opportunities to play the one, to be honest with you. So maybe you slide him up. Maybe I'm not thinking about this right. I don't know. But Chris Livingston got one vote. And then there was a player I decided to leave for the very end here. Antonio Reeves, tied for the second most votes. I want to talk about this kid a little bit more in our player preview series in just a second. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Sweatblock. If you're like me, and this is not a bit, this is not just, this is not for the ad read. If you're like me, you sweat a lot and it literally doesn't matter. You could be sitting there doing nothing. You could be exercising. You could be talking to people. It does not matter. I just, I, this is not a bit. I'm dead serious. I have, I have a legitimate sweating issue. And so I am actually a user of Sweatblock. They were able to fix my problem, and Sweatblock gives you the confidence to wear what you want without embarrassing underarm sweat. It's a legitimate product. It's awesome. I love it. And if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, they need to try it. And you can save 20% with promo code Locked On over at sweatblock.com. It's also available on Amazon. Again, you can save 20% with promo code Locked On at sweatblock.com. Would highly encourage you guys to check it out. All right, wrapping up the Monday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Daw hanging out here with you. Player preview series for the Wildcats. Antonio Reeves is next up. We've already done Uganda Onyenzo. We've done Damian Collins. Let's take a look at the Illinois State transfer, Antonio Reeves. So last season at Illinois State, 21, uh, 20.1 points per game. Can't even talk. I'm getting ahead of myself. Three and a half rebounds per game. assists per game, shot 47% from the floor, and 39% from three. I think it's important to look at the entire product that he had at Illinois State when talking about what this kid could do for the Wildcats this season. As a career player, he's averaging 13.4 points per game, and during his freshman year, he only started three games, played all 31, but he shot terribly, shot terribly as a freshman. And then his sophomore year got a little bit better, And then in his junior year, he broke out. And so that's why I don't necessarily think that you can talk about Antonio Reeves in the light of exceeding expectations significantly because this kid's already averaged 20 a game at the Division I level. Now, I know what some of the comments would say to that. 
Lance, this is a transition to the SEC. I get that. We've talked about that before. But still, he's playing and scoring at a high level, and I don't really think that we can truly question it anymore because my first point here, breaking down this player preview for Reeves, the outside shot for Reeves is definitely there. We saw it in the Bahamas. We got to see it a little bit in this game, if I'm not mistaken, the blue and white game. Oh, excuse me. I don't think Reeves actually played. No, he did play. Five of 12 from three. I don't know why I, I panicked there because I saw him in my notes. I'm just like, wait, did he actually not play? No, he did play. Five of 12 from three. You like his form? You like his decision-making on his threes? I, I really like him as one of Kentucky's primary shooters on the outside, along with C.J. Frederick. And then, honestly, maybe Casey Wallace. But that's, that's another conversation for another day when we continue to play, uh, pre- preview some of these players. But yeah, his three balls definitely there, and that was a huge question for me. It's like, okay, cool, he shot 39% from three this last season as a junior, but outside of that, he's been terrible. He's, been, he's, been an, he's not been an efficient scorer up until this last year, and so can he do it? I think he can. I think if he gets the chance to actually get those touches, he will. He will score. The athleticism, I like it as well. Uh, I think you've got to be excited about him at that spot at the two, maybe sliding down to the three if you want to get crazy with it. I don't think Cal's going to do that. Could be fun, though. I think he's he's a very solid, he's a solid player within what he does. You don't look at him and say, oh, he's several different things. You look at him and say, oh, he's a scorer. He, he's a shooter. And he can create, and he can finish. He can do a lot of different things. We talked about it uh, earlier in the summer about some of the things that this kid needs to work on. I think one of the things that has been a huge point of emphasis for this Kentucky staff is communication. He's not a guy that talks a whole lot. We're trying to get him to work on that. I say we. Um, it's, it's probably the biggest downfall. He needs to communicate a little bit more, kind of talk, talk things out a little bit more. You know, for a kid that was averaging 20 a game, at Illinois State, I'm going to imagine that he didn't really have to do a whole lot of talking. He just got the ball, and he just did with it what he wanted to do last season. He shot over 15 times a game. I'm pretty sure there wasn't a lot of communication. It was just, give me the ball. Let me run the offense. If I got a shot, I'll like it, and I like it. I'll take it. But this season, he's, he's going to be relegated to a, a smaller role for the Wildcats, so I'm curious to see what that looks like for him there. Uh, I, I think that this is a kid that can become one of Kentucky's leading scorers. I think that he can become one of the primary, uh, primary, I guess, and he can be one of the front runners for this offense when it comes to points per game spe- uh, specifically. He can also be one of the primary, uh, primary shooters for this offense in terms of just like how many field goals he gets up a game. I mean, you look at Oscar Shibway, obviously, as the next guy there, but if we're talking about jacking shots up, I mean, Antonio Reeves, he was 8 of 19. <laughs> <laughs> overall in the uh, in the blue and white scrimmage. So you, you, you would like to expect Reeves is going to get his shots up whenever he gets his time. But part of this player preview series is also kind of discussing what happens around this person in terms of how many actual opportunities they get. Because this team, I think, when you look at their starters and you look at their bench, I think a lot of it is interchangeable outside of Oscar Shibwe. And I'm excited about that, and I'm excited about the depth that Kentucky has. And some people may say, well, Lance, it's not depth. You've only got, like, what, 10, maybe 11 players that you could feel remotely comfortable playing with. But at the same time, I'm not necessarily talking about depth from a perspective like, oh, we've just got a lot of bodies. I'm talking about quality. 
you go to your bench and you don't necessarily worry like, oh, things are going to drop off significantly. Based on what we've seen so far, you have to be excited about some of these players coming off the bench and just not necessarily even keeping things afloat, but possibly, you know, elevating things after the starters need to take, take a rest. Reeves, again, I don't know if he's going to start for this team. Don't know if he's going to be at the two. Uh, I would like to assume that Kentucky and Cal are going to kind of let him get the nod there. Case and, again, Case and Wallace, C.J. Frederick, two other guys that I think could possibly slide in at the two if Kentucky really wanted them to. But Reeves is going to be that primary guy. Right now, I think we talked about this before on a show. He, right now, if I had to kind of just guess, he's going to be Kentucky's second or third scorer. And I'm leaning towards second. Leaning towards second right now. Because he's going to get that, he's going to get those shots up. He's going to get them up. Whenever he's in the game, that's what he's going to do. And based on what we saw at Illinois State, I think he's going to be capable of scoring at a high level. So, if you've got thoughts on Antonio Reeves, you can leave them in the YouTube comments below. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. Follow me on Twitter at LanceDahl underscore. And follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. Again, any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.